Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here as always, and it's good to be back. I apologize there was no upload for the midweek fixture against West Ham. Had a wisdom tooth removed, I literally couldn't speak. So uh, that wouldn't have been a good podcast. But nonetheless, we're back here for a kind of different style of pod. Of course, it's going to be a week in review. Villa have had a differing week. Of course, a 3-1 loss to West Ham and then a 1-0 win against Arsenal on Saturday. So it's been a a differing of uh, performances and opinions. And that's what we're going to get today. And of course, there's two games guests here to join me i'm gonna lean on them a bit more because my jaw is still killing me from time to time especially when i talk a lot so of course we'll go to danny raza first as always danny how you doing hello mate i'm doing well uh super bowl sunday Uh, i think most people will have watched one of the teams win on the weekend you know uh by the time this podcast gone out but mate i'm good i am good i am good it was nice to see villa win a game recover bringing us from lows straight to highs in the space of a few days and that just seems to be in our nature at the moment win one lose one yeah it's an interesting one because i mean i think we always kind of looked at it in the sense of we're on this hot streak at the start and then a few losses came and then we kind of went another run and it's been up and down but you know what i'll take up and down but of course i don't want to neglect our third or the second guess i should say because he's always here for a good time he always talks absolute sense and i love his when he what his little rants i guess i could say but of course it's neil dunworth neil how you doing very good i'm very good uh just like danny said there it is it's it's super bowl sunday i've got my 100 beige american food ready uh to <laughs> to be consumed tonight along with lots and lots of copious uh understrength beer just to get the real stadium atmosphere that i've got going in my own sitting sitting room for the super bowl um but i just i don't want to turn off uh, any, any listeners to the podcast i'm making a joke uh, i absolutely love um i absolutely love super bowl sunday and wait uh, neil did, did you did you this. Did, did you get one of them um, snack helmets? And, and like, what would be the football Big, equivalent of one? Like, should, shouldn't there be one for... Oh, there really should. Maybe if you had... Do you, know the, do you remember those old clappers that they used to have back in, like, the 40s and 50s? But if you had Pez... <laughs> if they were Pez dispensers... No. <laughs> but I, I wasn't there, but they had these things that you shake like a rattle. But if you okay. had, if they were like Pez dispensers and it just shot into your mouth when you shook them, it would be, it would dual function. Dual function. Oh, yeah, but it's just like what sits inside. Like other other crisps, are, other crisps are available. Other crisps are available, but uh, <laughs> to bring it back from the from the edge of madness, um, I'm doing good, Cole. I'm um, uh, I'm, I'm actually really tired today because I was just saying to the guys there before I came on. For some reason, I was just uh, I went back and I watched that game twice again yet yesterday because I wanted to kind of figure it out and I wanted to try and see. I suppose, number one, how we nullified Arsenal so well. And number two, what was the big difference between the West Ham game and this game? Um, and, and yesterday's game, should I say, from a tactical standpoint, from a, a setup standpoint, because 
there were there were quite a few differences. Uh, I found from the two games from with with the naked eye, uncorroborated with statistics. But uh, I I just thought yesterday was yesterday was a real one whereby we were on the canvas after West Ham and we came back and we we just got back up and we started slugging it out again and and that was a slug fest because we didn't do too much in the way of attacking. But when we did in the first ninety seconds, we did enough and we held on as good front runners. So. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I I'm really happy after that result yesterday. Probably more so than a one nil um, backs to the wall defensive effort sh- should make me happy. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely fair enough. And like I said before, we're gonna kind of it's gonna be a very relaxed, chilled podcast uh, for the listeners to kind of gain an understanding of what's already been talked about. If that's not obvious already, uh, we're gonna go in between both games, maybe no essential order, but kind of try to answer some questions that maybe some of the listeners kind of are thinking of in their heads and maybe want answered, or uh, maybe they just want to hear us kind of talk absolute rubbish. But nonetheless, you'll kind of hear all that throughout the next probably half an hour or so. But Danny, I'll come to you first because it's a, a tale of really two games here. And what do you make of it? Do you think it was down to fatigue? Was rotation required? Like, what what do you make of this week in reflection? So, Cole, I don't I don't think we're playing our best football at the moment. And th- by the way, this isn't this isn't. I'm not about to slate Villa. It's not it's not what I'm about to do. I don't think we're playing our best football at the moment. I think I think we're getting attacked a lot. And I think that when you get sort of one defensive error. And, you know, something doesn't go right. You know, in the, the West Ham game, for example, we end up sort of much like the, you know, much like the Burnley game. We, 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 we're, we're, we're playing better in the first half, I think. In fact, no, we weren't even, we weren't even that good in the first half. Like, put that one, put that one to bed. But we were competing. But kind of like, you know, once, once you go behind, you kind of feel as though, well, this is, this is it really. And, and you know, the defence just, when they're not there, they're not there. Um, but you know, in both the Southampton game and the Arsenal game, you know, we defended well. And I, and I think it was because of, you know, top defensive performances that we managed to grind out the wins. I suppose what you really ought to see Villa doing is playing well and scoring goals. Um, but but we're not really doing that at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's, it's, it's one of those we've been so reliant on our defence. And I guess in the way that a top team does despite not playing our best football, we have got a mechanic and we do have um, a way of winning and a way of getting points. And I said this before that like, you know, I wasn't happy after the West Ham game. I don't think we played particularly well against Southampton and I don't think we played particularly well after, you know, against Burnley as well. I wasn't happy with that. Um, But, you know, if this is our bad form, then it shows how well improved we are after last season. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. That hundred percent makes sense. It's it, it's essentially winning ugly, and I honestly I can't remember the last time. Maybe I, especially supporting Villa myself, where we we had that kind of mechanism in us to win ugly, to not be that good, but still be good enough to grind out those results, and that's what we're seeing right now. And as as much as you look at the Arsenal game, you look at the Southampton game as obviously wins and they weren't the prettiest of wins and they were just full nerve wracking games where we basically were on top for short periods of time, but we're clinical enough to kind of benefit from those opportunities. It, it's great to see, but Neil, I want to come to you. What do you make of all this? Do you think, like I said to Danny, is it fatigue? Do you think it's a factor of rotations needed? I mean, I, I think when I look at it personally, it's, 
it's tricky because I think we're going to run into the fatigue issue probably to the end of the season. And I think that's with squad depth and all that kind of stuff. But what do you make of the whole kind of mess, I guess, if you're going to call it that? Um, I've spoken a lot about this over the last 11 or 12 days. And uh, I have fatigue about talking about fatigue <laughs> at the moment. I suppose that's how, how I would describe it. But um, look, it's 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 going to be it's 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 something that that we as fans and as onlookers can never say for sure. You can say that somebody was pulling up or that somebody was uh, you know was running out of steam, and that's fine. Yeah, they might be running out of steam in that particular game, but. You know, you and the person I'm going to I'm going to talk about was is John McGinn. I thought in the in the West Ham game that he was he was huffing and puffing a small bit, and uh, then against Arsenal, I thought that he was still full of full of the, the beans of life. You know, in 80 minutes, 85 minutes, and um, the fatigue thing is, I don't look. I think it is. I don't think it's as it's it's as relevant as it was even five years ago, but it still is relevant. And I'm going to quantify that from the point of view of this club has been pulled by the bootstraps into the 21st century since Eden's, uh, since uh, Wes Eden's and, and Nassif Suarez took over the club, along with Christian Perslow, putting a vision from top all the way down. We've just hired the guy whose name really escapes me, not Johan Lang, the other guy from FC uh, Copenhagen, uh, the, the, um, Player development, uh, the head of player development, who's going to look at all uh, player data um, and so on with regards to, uh, you know, with regards to to physiological sports science, all this kind of thing. All his department will be, will be, will be, it looks like from the other two teams that have this guy in place uh, that they would be reporting into him people with sports science people with uh, from the GPS from from the um, from from the tags that they wear during game days so yes look players are going to be tired but it's not a case of this guy's tired we need to take him out of the team for two weeks uh, this guy's tired yes we bring him off and then he's he's going to be fine next week so it's a lactic it's not a lactic acid thing um it's the mental fatigue I think more so than anything else to play that many games in a short space of time after COVID is like this, we've done, we've done ad, very, very admirably considering we had so many players out with COVID, you know, we've had so many players out with COVID. Uh, Matty Target hasn't skipped a beat and he actually had COVID and um, we know he had it because he said he had it. Uh, a lot of other players haven't come out and said that they've had COVID and maybe that they're suffering from, from, from the, the effects of this, you know, playing so many games in, in such a short space of time. So to really answer your question, uh, Cole, it, it obviously does have a factor. Um, now, you know, how Dean Smith sees fit to deal with it, I'm absolutely okay with putting my hand up and saying that he has way more information, knowledge, info and data with regards to how these players are performing and and the, the amount of uh, the amount of minutes they've ran and all that, that I'm willing to trust him on it. Um, there wasn't too many people that were, uh, except for me. I'm going to put my hand up and said that I did call it before the game that Marvelous and Akemba would start against Arsenal at the weekend. I didn't get the didn't get the right person that he started for, but I I had a funny feeling he was going to start. Twitter went into meltdown. So when we talk about fatigue. These guys have the numbers to hand. Uh, I, I wouldn't have thought it would have been Douglas Louise that would have had to come out of the team because he might have been fatigued or something like that. But it was, and he didn't see any minutes on Saturday. So when it comes to fatigue and the question of fatigue, I'm not going to sit in the sidelines as a spectator and think that I know who should be taken off more than anybody else. But I would expect Dean Smith to act upon the information that he has. 
So that's kind of my view on fatigue. <laughs> and now he's fatigued from talking about yes. it forever. <laughs> <laughs> but look, it's no, I, I look, it's, it's a very relevant point. It's just, you know, if, if, if it's always going to be in the back of somebody's mind that we lose a game and we say Dean Smith didn't make enough substitutes, Dean Smith didn't, you know, Dean Smith doesn't know what he's doing with regards to squad rotation. That's then are we just waiting to give out about Dean Smith when we lose? Like, is is that a possibility? I I, I don't know. It's just, I think it's very easy to say this player A, player B and player C were tired. (laughs) Look, it's, it's, it's a lot more scientific, I think, than that. Um, I do think he should make more subs. I do think he should make more subs. I'm not saying that he plays 11 players and we go back to 1980, to, to 1980-81 when we won the league if we would only like 13 or 14 players. I'm not saying we go back to that, but I'm willing to trust the manager is what I'm saying, that if he makes subs, he makes subs. If he doesn't make subs, well, then, you know, let him tell us why he didn't make those subs at the end of the game and then move on to the next match. But consistently kind of calling for substitutes for subs when we don't know all the information about what's going on in the team, whether somebody was missing assignments, like Douglas Louise may not have even been fatigued. It may be the fact that it was him that didn't track Suchek when he should have tracked Suchek for the first, for the first goal against West Ham. It may be the fact that he, he was supposed to be at the back post for that to mark one of those guys, or he didn't call somebody to help him at the back post and, People were saying, you need to do this. You need to step up and take leadership for these things. So what we're going to do is we're going to sit you down for this game. We're going to bring in Marvellous Nakamba. So it may not have been fatigue, but Dean Smith should make more subs. But I'm willing to trust him in what he does uh, because, look, the man's deserved it. He's earned it. He's earned our trust. And, and I'm not going to be one that sits here and says, you know, Dean Smith never makes any subs. Well, actually, we do have a professional here um, in the substitution area, and that is our very own Danny Raza. Um, He's very vocal about substitutions with Dean Smith. So, Danny, you know what? I'm not going to say anything more. Just take it away. (laughs) No, listen, I've never said that Dean Smith's wrong. I've I've always felt that that Dean Smith's substitutions or or lack of other serve a purpose. I think that we're in a situation earlier in the season where it was like, right, we're, we're playing so well. Um, we can't drop anybody. We should just play the winning team. We should play the team that's that's winning. We should play the team that's working well. That's great and all, but uh, you know I like the idea of react. Uh, sorry, of, of uh, proactivity rather than reactivity. Mm-hmm. And I think that like you know you've got to look at every single team and every match is a different match, and you've got to look at the players in your squad and their skill set and think about how they're going to work better. For example, you know against a team which which has a a very attacking left back. Um, and they've got a strong left wing. You might decide to play Trezeguet on the right instead of Traore. Not saying that's what you want to do, but it's you know that that's that's an example. I think what he did against Arsenal was he thought right, we're not going to have a lot of the ball, therefore let's have Nakamba in there because he's more likely to break up play than Dougie. Um, Louise is great when we've got time and space in the ball, but we haven't had a lot of the ball recently, and we haven't um, you know dominated play and, and and all of that like we would have liked to. Uh, so so you know you got to you got to proactively think about how how you um you know how you, how you handle teams and how you manage that uh, when it comes to substitutions um it's a it's a funny one really i think that you know the the substitutions we made against arsenal were actually very positive <laughs> bringing on ramsey for for barkley at that point was great because it was a much needed burst of energy that, that that really helped us it's a really interesting situation because you've got players who don't want to get subbed off which is great um Traore must be getting annoyed uh, Barkley definitely kicked a bottle as well when he came off. 
But you know, you got you got guys like Sanson sitting there thinking, "Wow, I've got to work hard to get into this team." But but yeah, look, it, fatigue is going to be an issue. But I just think more so, you've got to you've got to play the team that you're playing, and you've got to come up with with a with a different game plan each game because I don't think whilst we're whilst we're whilst we're doing you know very well for our second season in the Premier League, I don't think we're the team that can sit down and go, "We play our way," and uh, that should be enough. I, th- I think we really do need to be thinking about our opposition. Do you? Oh, yeah. oh sorry, go on, Neil. No, no, I, I, I agree. And you kind of articulated my point, uh, a part of my point, uh, better than I did once I got on a roll with my rant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's, that's the thing. Like that's why I trust Dean Smith to, to make substitutions when he, when he should make substitutions and when he does. And, and you know, Arsenal, I think, is the, is the, the point in case. He brought on Trezeguet to shut down that side. You know, he brought on a more a more um, a guy who can do a better role in tracking back and be a bit more defensive in Trezeguet to put put him on on that on that right hand side. And, and it worked wonders. And, and look, Nakamba played brilliantly yesterday. Like he had hundred percent tackle success rate. Um, and it was another brilliant stat that I saw from him. Um, but I I can't quite put my hand on it right now. Um, uh, actually, I have it there. He actually he made more tackles than any other player that played in the Premier League on Saturday. Six tackles is a lot of tackles, by the way, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you don't think about that. You don't think about that. Six is quite a lot. You usually look at, like, four tackles and you think, oh, it's good. It's a good number. Six is a very good number. Mm. Yeah, like, he's, he's somebody who's blossomed and and, uh, and that year, those, those last few months in, in the Premier League have, have stood to him. You know, like they've stood to a lot of other players in this team, as I mentioned previously, Matty Target and so on, but, but like, to not detract from the substitutions piece, um, Dean Smith should make more subs, but it's not a game. It's not a, it's not a big deal where, where I kind of I, I'm kind of at the end of the game going, my God, I'm so annoyed that Dean Smith didn't make subs. If we lose, we lose. Like I I think against West Ham, you know, we made a sub at half time. It didn't really affect it. Um, against against Southampton, against Burn against Burnley, we should have made substitutions. But but like they had a five minute, ten minute purple patch, so I'm not sure whether the substitutions would the reactive substitutions would have worked there. We had a we had less than ten minutes to come back in that game. I think by the time the second by the time the yeah, third, but, goal, their third, third goal went in, but in that game we brought on Davis before in the 88th minute, who, and I, who, that's that's where it gets frustrating because that's because, that's a recruitment thing. Yeah, we, yeah, sure, but I, I still think that if you have a striker on the bench, and I think if you have a if you have attacking players on the bench, you don't leave it till five minutes before you know the final whistle, do you? I mean, as as as, as brilliant as some of our players have been, Neil, let's get into the point, and it's it's been like this, and this is this is my issue. It's been like this a lot in recent weeks, where we've kind of like we've done okay, we've done fairly well like during the game, gets to the sixtieth minute, gets to the seventieth minute, and ah. Oh, we're being bombarded like it's the other team dictating play. And we've got to think about how we react to that, right? And, and that's, that's been a massive issue for me. So if you're bringing on substitutes with five minutes left to go, it's really not enough time. Yeah. And I, my, the converse there for that is we didn't make any subs. So we did make a sub at like the 96th minute against, against Southampton, right? At the very end. And, you know, this, the disruption that a sub could have, you know, bringing a sub on for the sake of it as well. Look, I just think there's so many different sides. There's not just two sides to a coin with a substitution anymore. Um, it would be great if we had the squad depth to bring on a, def- a different striker to play two up top with uh, with Ali Watkins and 
God willing, we will when Wesley comes back. Absolutely. And when Morgan Sanson uh, beds into the team, I was really happy to see Jacob Ramsey come on there. Um, look, absolutely. You're hamstringing yourself. You're completely on, like you're, you're only playing playing with, with, with half the deck of cards if you don't bring on substitutions to try and affect the game. But what I'm saying is that, you know, in any of the games that we've lost so far, I don't really know if we would like, I don't really know if there was a substitution to be made there that would have stopped us from losing those games or would have dragged us back into the games uh, based on what I've seen so far with, with the players that are coming off the bench, unfortunately. Yeah, no, that's fair, fair. Yeah, I, I think we're, because we're a better front runner, I don't think any of the players that come off, I think the players that come off the bench can fit into the system and can hold down a lead. I don't think the players that are coming off the bench at the moment, and this isn't the criticism. I think this is, this is, this is actually a good a good thing in a way because we, we go gung-ho at the start like we did against Arsenal and we get a lead and then we protect it. And I think the players can come in and fit into that system because it's very rigid and it's very structured and it's brilliant and I love it. Um, the likes of Trezeguet to come in there and so on. Uh, but like I, I just don't know if I if I would be saying, right, we need to bring this guy on as, as our as our change of pace player in attack because uh, you know, we usually start with Jack. Jack uh, Ross Barkley and Bertrand Trory and of, of those three Bertrand Trory is our, is our joker like he's, he's our ace in the pack he's the, un, he's the guy who's unpredictable El Ghazi was like that at the turn of the year maybe El Ghazi is the guy maybe he is maybe he's the guy that we bring on this, the, the, and we give him a small bit more of a free reign but when we're, when we're trying to attack the game I just haven't figured one out yet and, uh, and uh, do you know what I wouldn't blame Dean Smith if he hadn't figured out that real change of pace guy that he has to bring on to to completely affect the game just yet. Maybe Morgan Sanson is it. Maybe he's that guy. Yeah, that like honestly, we we never know. We don't know how long it'll take him to bed in. Of course, we've seen Matty Cash, we've seen Bertrand Traore, Emmy Martin, Emmy Martinez just kind of fly into this team really, um, yeah. and without really any right. error. And I I think the thing when I look at it, and I mean we're we're still a work in progress, and no team's perfect. It's it's just the way it is. And you, you kind of look at it and you think uh, people kind of talking about European hopes and all that kind of stuff. And then you look at the results and of Burnley, of course, and you, you look at a few other ones this season, the Brighton one I, I can think of. And of, of course, like I said before, we're still kind of taking those baby steps and people kind of point at those and goes, you have to, you have to win those in, in order to get into those European spots. And of mm-hmm. course, luck can come into it too. Everyone needs a bit of luck at times too. And we've seen that this season as well but Danny I'll come to you for this one do you still think I mean to me it's clear but do you still think there's that I wouldn't say lack of respect but maybe a bit of nativity when it comes to nativity nativity whatever I, don't, I can't even say it right now some words with <laughs> naivety naivety. Yeah, naivety some way like honestly i can use 75 percent of my mouth right now so when i try to say some words it <laughs> just what, what happened again cole you got your wisdom to removed right yes yeah so yeah. you've lost your wisdom yeah i lost my wisdom there we go <laughs> jake fenical from the 7500 to holt team was right so there we go <laughs> but no my whole kind of question for you danny is do you think that's that's kind of creeping in still because <sighs> It's tricky when you look at the Burnley game and I mean, things happen in spurts. Some things are just uncontrollable, but, uh, and you look at the West Ham game too. It's just, it, I feels like sometimes we can really benefit with our play style against other teams. And sometimes we just don't make those small little tweaks where we probably should. So what do you make of it all? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, the, the West Ham game, we were pressed to oblivion and we just let them do it. We didn't have an answer for it. 
you know, I suppose the other option was for the players to turn up and go, right, we're going to work harder. But I suppose, you know, they, they, they tried. Of course they did. They work hard. Our, our boys, they do work hard. But um, I guess there wasn't the extra push against West Ham, which might have been there, say, if we were playing against uh, a bigger side like a Liverpool, you know, the way that we always turn up against them. But I think, you know, again, when you look at it, it's like, well, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem as though I'm, I'm throwing negatives here, but you know, like Douglas and, and John McGinn and, and Barkley, for example, it's almost as though their, their, their place in the team is, um, you know, just, just, just destined to be there for them. Well, this is why you kind of need some of that, uh, some of that competition, some of that fight in that midfield. Somebody who's going to see Sushek and Rice and go, right, well, you know what? We're going to be the we're going to be the midfielders in control. We're not letting them have the ball. We're gonna, you know, we're not going to let anybody through here. And you know, maybe that's where, um, maybe maybe that's how you tackle that kind of naivety or that kind of. I think we're building some sort of an an arrogance at the moment. It's not a bad thing. I think there's a lot of belief and I think there's a lot of confidence in the team. But I think they need to remember the level that that we're playing at here. It needs it needs massive performances every 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 single game, and that's very very hard when you've got a game every three days, you know, we're in a rough situation right now. It's a very, very difficult, it's a very, very difficult thing to, to do, to be able to pick yourself up all the time. Um, so yeah, I just think in that game, the West Ham game, for example, McGinn and Louise looked very tired, could have been benefited with somebody like a Sanson or a, or an Akamba coming in and, 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 and doing that. But, you know, I also see the likes of Barkley and Grealish and, and Traore getting substituted, not looking happy. There's a little bit of that confidence. There. There's a little bit of that, that arrow growing but uh, in a way it's good because it means they want to win and they don't want to lose and in the long term I suppose that will benefit as long as they keep their attitude somewhat in check <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I mean I saw, saw some of it with Tottenham last season right mm-hmm. you know with like Son and Lloris for example when, it, when a team is performing you know to the best of its ability you know that, that little shake that little bit of frustration it's good for them yeah I mean I think it's natural to get a little greedy. I mean, we haven't really had the success in a long time. And for me, like I've said before, this is really the first time I'm seeing Villa do this well. And I think we always just want to see that next step. And I think we're getting there, but I think next season is going to kind of be the real tell all of where we're going to kind of be maybe for the next few seasons. So it's kind of, kind of be interesting there. And we'll, we'll get to the next topic here, which I, I kind of want to preference around, Um, do we think Villa will get into Europe? Of course, we just surpassed the halfway mark of the season not too long ago, of course. So I went, of course, to Twitter to kind of get your thoughts. Of course, you can always tweet us at 7500 Holt to get your thoughts. Uh, There was, I think, over 20 responses, so it was greatly appreciated. And I'll just read out two to three now. So enjoy me uh, slurring and struggling to talk and i'm sure everyone will enjoy that but nonetheless we'll go with simon taylor saying i'm aiming for a top half finish it's a bit early for anything higher than that the american villain says we need to we need to pass either west ham or everton and either tottenham or chelsea if we keep our typical fitness and everyone stays healthy i believe that keeping on track will lead to a europa league spot up the villa actually i'll read two more because there's a few quick fire ones here um let's see connor hay saying not expecting it but my god would it be amazing if we did and then we'll go with um gaz saying would love european football but think it might be a bit too early this season but it if it does happen, what 
a dream that will be to see Emmy Martinez, Jack Grealish, and McGinniesta doing it in a top competition. So, Danny, I think we have about 10 minutes or so left in our call here, so we'll try to get through this as quickly as possible. But uh, I'll come to you first. Do you think we have a, a viable opportunity here to get into Europe? Um, what, what type of Europe? What level of Europe? Are we, are you we can dream as big or as little as you want here, buddy. It's all up to you. <laughs> I, I think I think it's more than possible that we can finish in a Europa League place, not top four. Well, top four, you need you need to be playing consistently. Look, let like you know you got you got teams like Leicester who can go into games and you know win most of them. At the moment, we're in a situation where like we're good, we're very good. Um, and we've, we've got the ability to beat everybody, but we're a little bit flimsy at the moment. We're a little bit flimsy. I think we're a little bit one-dimensional. I don't think we have the depth yet, if you know what I mean. Um, I think we play, in, we play one way. Sometimes that works brilliantly. I think we win like half our games, um, but at the same time, there's obvious weaknesses where if a team comes and presses us and or uh, sits back and you know scores first against us, we're, we're in a really sort of rough situation, and I think because of that, we're probably not at that level just yet. So I can th- I can see us finishing around seventh or eighth, but there's a lot of good sides around us, and that's going to make things difficult. So, yeah, we can still get into Europe, but as I say, we're a work in progress. We're massively a work in progress. Next season, next season, Europa League for sure. So long as we can keep up these performances. Fair enough, Neil. How about you? Yeah, it's a fair synopsis, Danny. I think that is a fair synopsis. Um, I'm absolutely delighted with the way that this team is panning out I would much prefer to be a team that knows how to win a certain way and uh, looks to add to its bow and it's something that we spoke about uh, probably earlier when we we're talking about the substitutions as well as we're a good front-running team you know we get it we get in the lead and and we you know we it's very difficult for us to are we our people find it very difficult to come back and, and to wrestle it back from us save for the Burnley game we haven't lost the lead this year you know so it's uh, that's that's an unbelievably good characteristic and I said it in my, our own podcast and I said it in the Villa View as well. Historically, that isn't what Aston Villa have been about. So if you can beat that boogeyman, you know, and if you can beat if you can beat that 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 hex that we've had over us for a long, long time since since going back to the Martin O'Neill era, probably even even further than that when we've really had it, keeping clean sheets and and being able to keep leads. It's huge. It's huge, huge, huge for this team. And that's that for me is the massive growth that I want to see because that's how you get into Europe. You know, you, you, you get into Europe by, um, you know, by, by, by uh, I suppose, being able to protect things. And, and that actually makes us a better a better team in Europe if we were to get in there. Uh, but I agree with Danny that uh, we could we could see ourselves in fifth. Um, we could see ourselves getting to Europe via, uh, you know, you know, via league places for sure. Um, I don't think it would be any surprise the way we've gone. Um, I think we're 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 so far down the line with our performances and the amount of wins that we have. I think that uh, the when people say that the wheels are going to fall off the train, uh, even after the last last eleven days that we've had, where we were last last win win last win last win last, you know, midweek we were losing, winning at the weekends. I still think the character of this team and I think the belief in this team, I think the structure that we have, the system that we play is, is, is very good. And um, yeah, I, I, I actually, I, I don't expect us to finish any lower than probably where we are at the moment in eight, you know, and that's, that's being, that's being confident, I think really considering where, 
I would have said you would have asked me if you'd asked me at the start of the year where we would have finished. Um, I just think this I think this team is 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 pretty battle hardened this year as well. And uh, you know, if Ollie Watkins keeps on banging him in, if Ollie Watkins gets fifteen to twenty goals, who knows where we could finish? Here's the thing, though, right? Like you know, just looking at the teams around us, and I know I know we haven't got that much time around uh, time yet. But this top ten is ridiculous. Yeah, but Man yeah. City, United, <laughs> Leicester, Liverpool, right? We don't finish above either, yeah any of those four teams. No, right? Then you've got West Ham, who. You know, we win both our games in hand. If we win a game in hand, we draw, then we're kind of like level on points with them. But also West Ham playing some very good football at the moment will remain to be seen if that form continues. Everton straight after them. Then you've got Spurs. Then you've got Chelsea. So it requires Villa to finish above one of those teams. Yeah. You know, I don't think I don't think Arsenal will finish above us. Um, and then, you know, you get to your Leeds and your Southamptons. I'd say we're better than all of those teams. I'd say we're better than Arsenal Wolves, and Leeds, Daddy. Southampton. I, I, I thought Wolves were good. Uh, I thought they were supposed to be. <laughs> they're, they're seven <laughs> points behind us, man. Seven know, points I'm behind just, us. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, and, I'm just stirring the pot. And we've got two games in hand. God, yeah, don't don't get me started on Wolves. Last time I said anything bad about Wolves, I had I, I genuinely had a pack of Wolves after me. <laughs> yeah, you literally so, did. Gonna, and I got complimented, yeah. so that was always nice. Um, so <laughs> but yeah, look. it's Sorry, Cole. Yeah, no problem. Go on. No, I was just saying, but yeah, man, like, look at that. Look at the teams around us. It looks pretty set, doesn't it? We'd have to finish above Chelsea or Tottenham. Yeah, you'd have to set that as a marker. I mean, I think we have a a four point gap on Arsenal right now, and of course, I think they play Leeds, who are right be- behind them in tenth. I think right now on next weekend. So you know, you never know if we if we beat Brighton, of course, and those teams draw, there's an even bigger gap. So I think it's kind of about just maintaining pace at this point. And I think the all important part that everyone wants the ball well, can kind of put aside and maybe wants to know if they just have been living under a roof. We've already matched last season's total on 35 points. We're not getting relegated. Hurrah. So we can literally enjoy the rest of the season, no matter what happens. And that's probably the first time I can ever say that as a Villa fan, but uh, you know what guys, let's wrap it up there. We only have a few minutes left anyways. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it to that. Hopefully everyone enjoyed this kind of different style. We didn't go right into pure game analysis, just kind of general topics and I guess a light, hearted banter and all that good stuff but of course if you want to find danny on twitter it's at raza journal if you want to find neil on twitter it's at love mcgraw pod if you want to find me on twitter it's at talk aston villa of course tweet the 7500 holt team at 7500 holt you can email the podcast holtcast at gmail.com hopefully you never know maybe we'll make it into europe it's it's one of those seasons where we can kind of hope for the stars and dream and like i said before let's just enjoy the rest of the season because we never know what can happen we'll leave it there we'll see you soon and don't forget up the villa Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 